0: You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, I'm your host today. And in the studio, Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello.
1: Good day, Angie.
0: I am excited to continue in this wonderful series, Invoking His Power. We've already talked about identity. We've talked about the power of repentance today. The Power of Prayer and Fasting. And maybe people don't realize just how powerful this is.
1: Yeah, Angie, it's exciting as we discover today that we have first cousins, prayer and fasting. That's a good way to put it. it. Yeah, think about that. Right? And so do they relate? Are they relatable? Not only are they relatable, but can they work together?
0: I think it's necessary that they work together.
1: Right, and we're gonna discover through God's word that in invoking God's power, they actually do go hand in hand. So we're gonna start reading today in Isaiah chapter 58. I don't think you can talk about fasting uh, thoroughly, at least without looking at Isaiah 58 in the fasting piece. And the first verse that I wanna read to just kind of set the tone, set the backdrop is verse three. And it, this is, picture yourself as the people are saying this. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? So they're
0: asking God. Yes. So what they're saying is, we're doing what you told us to do, but right. we feel like you're not even paying attention. So they're crawling out to God in this.
1: Absolutely. So this is brings it real right from the beginning. Like This is picturing ourselves in this position. Well, hey, we're doing these things right that you've asked us to do and we're not seeing anything in fact it goes on in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers and i love this verse 4 indeed you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness you will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high and here's where we kick into gear I love this. This is the instruction of the Lord, starting in verse five. Is this a fast that I have chosen for you, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord?
0: So let's pause there for a moment and understand what it's saying. So God is really asking them point blank, is this the kind of fast that I want is right. this really acceptable to me that you are scratching and 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 making this seem like a miserable existence exactly i think mark that we do this we think we're fasting we have to be downtrodden we have to be beating ourselves up. They they would put themselves in sackcloth. They would cover themselves with ashes. I mean, these are the things they did when they fasted because they wanted to look outwardly like they were doing it right. Correct?
1: Yeah. They really, let's face it, they wanted to look religious, right? Mm. They were doing it for attention for themselves. And they, and they
0: wanted not... to be heard yeah. that they were doing something really good by God, but God's not falling for it. (laughs) For
1: the applause of men, right? Right.
0: Keep going. Yeah, so
1: verse six, and I love this. He's saying, Is this not the fast that I have chosen for you, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, and when you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing shall bring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. And here we go. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard.
0: These are some of my favorite verses. Yeah. Because before God is saying, you're doing this and you're doing that and you're doing this. And what he's saying now is I'm going to X, Y, Z, and it doesn't have anything to do with us. It's not about us at all. So he doesn't mention us At all. It's like we're doing the fast so that he can do something through us. Boy, that's good. Breaking the bonds of the wickedness, undoing heavy burden. None of this has to do, it's very not self focused, which is what I love about fasting.
1: And really, God is saying, and it's not about you, it's about me. I want to fast forward to the New Testament. Of course, the Apostle Paul uh, doesn't need an introduction, but I want you to hear. All the things just a listing real quick of the apostle Paul and what he went through. I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 24. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus 1. So he was he was beaten. He said three times I was beaten with rods, once I once I was stoned. I three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. As you hear, Paul went through a lot.
0: Yeah, he was no stranger to
1: it. He's no stranger to trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And here's what I love. In verse 27, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst in fastings often he often fasted
0: he gave up he himself going through, yeah
1: he was going through trial after trial tribulation after tribulation but yet it says in fastings often so mm. he fasted often why because when you're going through stuff you need to hear from the lord don't you yeah. how desperate are we to hear from the lord when we're going through these types of trials thank god i don't go through these things for the gospel but yet when Paul is saying I'm going through all of this stuff I prayed very often.
0: And I think that it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about today with invoking his presence. Right. It he's fasting because he's facing so much, but in the midst of the fast he's also gaining strength to face what he's going to be going through. So there's power in that.
1: That's absolutely right. Again, it'd be easy (laughs) to focus on yourself Mm -hmm. as in self-preservation where you're getting beat, right? Right. And he's like, but I needed to keep focused. Yeah. So let's move over to Matthew chapter 6 and start looking at what Jesus began to teach about fasting. Starting in verse 16, he's saying, Moreover, when you fast... Okay, this is Jesus speaking.
0: Not if you fast.
1: When you fast. Amen. So he fully expects us Us to to fast. fast. Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. It's kind of what you were saying earlier, Angie. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Mm. Assuredly, I say to you, they already have their reward. Verse 17, but you, when you fast, again, he's expecting that, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Mm. Again, revealing that it is apparently God's will because Jesus is saying, when you fast... So he's assuming that we will.
0: Can I can I go to this very last part of verse eighteen where it says, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. We don't fast to get something from God. We fast to get rid of everything else and focus on God. But I think of it more like sowing seeds. It's like a garden. Yeah. You're putting the seed in the ground, and every time you pray and you fast and you spend time quietly with God, you are watering that seed. I love and it. I don't want people to think, just because you're fasting, you're going to get something. That's just not how it works. Right. We need to fast so that we can deny ourselves. That's really the bottom line. Fasting is about saying... It's not about us. It's all about God. And it's really hard for us. I know a lot of people, Mark, that don't want to fast because it just feels too hard. Right. And they don't want to give something up. And my goodness, that's the whole purpose of fasting.
1: Yeah, and I really felt led to go to one more scripture verse to really touch on the point of invoking God's power through prayer and fasting. And this is a great example out of Matthew 17, starting in verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and they said, why could we not cast him out? Mm. So they had an opportunity, they encountered a person with a demon and they tried to cast it out, and it didn't work.
0: I love, I love the scripture. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> Keep going. And so, so here they
1: are. They're going, Lord. Um, same thing. It
0: didn't work. Yeah,
1: same thing as we looked at in Isaiah. Well, hey, we fasted. We yeah, did it. We did checked we do the wrong? box. Right. Like, why didn't it work? disciples are faced with the same situation. So it goes on in verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing shall be impossible for you. And of course, the meat of what we're getting to in this is verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting.
0: And I think when people read this, they skip over that really quickly. They think they're all focused on whether you believe or not be the mustard seed thing. But this is the key scripture.
1: Amen. And so to prepare yourself, how do you prepare yourself for spiritual warfare?
0: You have to pray and fast. Exactly. (laughs) And so you
1: can't do one without the other. I mean, you can, you can pray without fasting, but Jesus is saying, you need to get yourself focused on me because it's
0: his power. And I know that in the midst of prayer and fasting, it's about building that relationship with him again. It's again, denying us and focusing on him. And yeah, I love what you said about we're in a war. I don't want people to think for a moment That we're not. I think we can get complacent sometimes. Right. But there is a war going on between the powers of Satan and the powers of the heavenly realm. Right. And every time we pray and fast, we are bringing a little bit more of heaven down. Yeah. And if, like you said, if we're going to go up against the enemy, we have to have an arsenal. And the only way you build your arsenal is through prayer and fasting.
1: I agree. And Angie, this speaks, if you look at it in context again, he's talking about faith first. So, how do you build your faith spend time with the lord through mm. prayer and fasting yeah that is how you gain that faith the size of a mustard seed that will allow you to walk in the invoking the power of God to move in your life.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, I love verse 21. That is the best part of the whole scripture.
1: Yeah, and that's why I felt like it was necessary to share one more scripture as we're talking about invoking God's power. You want that power to overcome evil, whatever it may be, maybe someone else is physically possessed by evil, helping you help them get free. Again, is this not the fast that I've chosen in Isaiah to break the bands of wickedness, to loose the captives? And so in order to do that, we have to prepare ourselves.
0: I want to talk to the people who say, I don't understand how to fast and what it might look like. I want to talk to the people that think it's all about food. Right. Let's talk about Fasting in general, what are we fasting and how do we fast?
1: It kind of goes back to, in my book, the idolatry thing that God addressed back in the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. So what we have to do, Angie, because it's a heart condition, and this is exactly what God was telling Israel back in Isaiah 58. It's a heart condition. It's like you're trying to check the box through your religious rights and duties, but it's all about the heart. Like What I want to do in and through you is invoked by the fast that I have chosen for you, for you to draw closer to me. And what happens is in idolatry, it doesn't matter what it is, it might be food, but it might be some of the other things that draw us away. Because James tells us in James 1 that we're drawn away and enticed by our own lusts. Mm, What that might look like is different. There's many things that the devil can use to entice us and draw us away from God's presence. And those are the things that we have to fast.
0: And let's be honest, in the Bible, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have television. Right. They didn't have the same distractions. For them, it was about food and resting and things like that. There was things that they needed to give up that was in their world. And I think it's important that we, in this century, we need to sit and think about what is it that's distracting us from God, like you were saying. Right. That might look like uh, television. It might be, you know, you sit down at the television every night. Well, how about we turn that off and we do something else? Maybe read your Bible. Yeah, You can maybe, it may not even be a full-on fast where you don't, you can't just jump right into a fast, right. first of all,
1: it's not healthy. But
0: maybe it's one thing. Maybe you're fasting sugar. Right. Maybe you're going to fast meat. Maybe you're going to fast doing some, just something that you know is not healthy for you. Right. And I think people need to realize what it really looks like, it's not that hard, and start small.
1: Yeah, and I think it boils down to this, Angie. It's whatever draws you away from God. Idolatry can take on many, many, many forms, right? Yeah, I mean, amen, Yeah. And so anything that draws you away from God, I think fasting, because what happens when you have these tremendous hunger pains? It yeah. draws you in, like, I'm weak, and it draws you in, right? And so you draw, you're drawn in to seek the Lord. And so I think those types of things, no matter what that looks like, all the things or any of the things that draw you away from God, it's like reprioritizing your life.
0: And we really need to talk about that because when those hunger pains come up, that, that's a tough spot. It is. That's when praying really helps. And I'm here to tell you, the hunger pains eventually go away. They will. And you just spend time focusing on God, and it's not going to be a problem.
1: Amen. Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So it is just about, again, we talk about it commonly in almost every program, because it's coming back to God.
0: Amen. The power of prayer and fasting. We have to definitely add this to our spiritual disciplines, I think we should say, and not a ritual and not something that is required, but something where we just say we want to put God before ourselves.
1: Amen. So again, James reminds us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's how you invoke his power. Okay. And now we're going to move into our testimony time. And once again, I'm super excited to have on the program with us today, another teammate of mine, Stephanie Benedict from Dart County. Stephanie, welcome to the program.
2: Thank you, Mark. It's an honor to be here.
1: Yeah, and so this is exciting because, once again, I met Stephanie in Dart County, the very first county we had Revive in. And, man, both of our—I just think about this—both of our lives have been flipped completely (laughs) upside down, haven't they, Stephanie?
2: Yes, that's probably an understatement, but it's it's been amazing. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing journey and today uh, as you guys know, we've been talking about invoking his power, invoking God's power. And when I think about that and we're looking at several different things that allow us to tap into God. And prayer and fasting is what we want to really uncover and talk about specifically today. And of course, everybody's heard of prayer, right? And a lot of people have heard of fasting.
0: Yes, but where do you get the power from the two is what we're going to discover.
1: Exactly. And so then there's people like, let's be honest, that are sitting there listening and they're going, okay, but how do I do that?
0: Yeah, I mean, fasting, people think that it's like the biblical times when they have sackcloth and they throw dirt on their faces. Yeah, right.
1: And I don't know too many people that love to sign up for that.
0: <laughs> totally not doing it. Right. But Stephanie knows. So Stephanie, do tell. What is it like in your own personal life to do prayer and fasting?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I um, Fasting has been quite the journey for me. Um, there was a book by Jettison Franklin called Fasting. And for anybody that is wanting to dive into fasting, I would highly recommend it because I always thought it was just like no food, 40 days in the desert type thing. And when I found out, it was just, I mean, it could be social media, it could be food. Um, For me, probably food's the best way to go, or caffeine.
0: I never even um, thought about that, but that is very true. It doesn't have to always be food. Right. It's it's anything that takes your focus away from God, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. It could be TV. I mean, you know, just anything... Just, you know, if you just take and process your days, you know, over the week, where is some places that you spend unnecessary time that you could actually be spending God time? Amen. And so maybe that's what you need to fast from.
1: We're all swallowing hard here,
2: Stephanie, because you're hitting yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Ned, I am not perfect at this either. You know, there's, there's a station when you do a little bit longer fast that you just automatically... Um, I was fixing food for the family or something, and you know, you lick the spoon. You know, it's like, well, that was cookie batter. Oops. Um, oh, no. But you just pick up and go on. You know, God's a gracious God. He understands that. It's good. Um, but I just think, just being intentional mm-hmm. of of whatever you've chosen to fast for, for whatever amount of time, just take those moments and just really dive into what He wants for you. And you have to have the pr- prayer component with it, because if you do not, you're just denying yourself whatever you've decided to fast from.
1: That's excellent. So one of the things we want to talk about, Stephanie, is the practical side of this, because I think what we have to do as we look into this fasting and prayer piece is we have to say what it is not, right? And so what fasting is not is like, you're not gaining brownie points with God if you fast, right?
2: Right, that's correct, yes.
1: Yeah, so we don't fast to get God to love us anymore. Like that's a works thing. But what it does is it prepares us right to hear more yeah. clearly from God. Cuz we've been talking last couple of weeks too about the war that goes on, right, between our flesh, our soul and our spirit, mm-hmm. right? It's always a war. And so fasting really helps us Push that flesh away, and allows us a clearer path to more clearly hear what the Lord is saying to us. Can you share about that, Steph?
2: Yeah, I think for me, especially when you do a little bit longer fast, a lot of people do a 21 or 40-day fast at the beginning of the year, and the first couple days is just kind of wiggling into that, but then just really pressing in in prayer and just sitting in God's presence and just hearing what he, He has for you in this season, to me is just it's invaluable. You, you've you gotten rid of all those distractions.
1: So really, you're talking about extended fast, which is good because it also helps us with our discipline of spending time with spending quality time with the Lord. Uh-huh. So it, it, uh-huh. and you could fast for a couple of days or whatever, and there's nothing wrong right. with that. But like you're describing here, Stephanie, moving into more extended times, it's starting uh-huh. to— teach yourself and discipline in yourself to practice Uh His presence, somebody wrote about before. And it's getting yourself to to the habit or the routine of, you know what, this is a priority to me. It's putting God Uh first. He said in the Ten Commandments, I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. He's like, Uh I want to be with you.
2: I think fasting, too, is a is a part of worship. I mean, you know a lot of people think worship is just you know singing in church on Sundays or or whatever. But I think fasting's a part of worship because you are totally turning your mind and and everything you do to your creator and And in doing that, there's a, there's a communion, there's a connection, a back and forth conversation that happens when you've laid aside this earthly distractions. It's back to relationship
0: building, right? Exactly. Yes. I, guess, I yes. guess it's like if you and I are talking and we're talking through the computer, we still have relationship, but it's really not that close. But if you and I sit face-to-face with each other, we're uh-huh. going to have time. So there's nothing in between uh-huh. us that's going to distract us. So I think it's kind of like that. When you fast, you get rid of everything that could have been a distraction between the two of you.
2: I, I've, I've kind of been a daddy's girl, so I kind of understand this father-daughter connection. And, you know, the more time I would spend with my dad and, you know, we just we worked together. Um, I was I was the first child. Um, His son didn't come along for 10 years later. And it was just the more time I spent with him, the more I found out I could kind of like um, I could gain his favor. And when what I was asking for lined up with what he's seen in my life, that connection, anything can happen. You know, it can, it can propel you into what he had been, what the Lord has been preparing you for. Mm. So my question to you, Stephanie, is
0: when you're doing prayer time, is that a constant conversation you're having with God? I mean, how does prayer time look for you?
2: Um, I have specific times that I just spend, you know, specific in prayer. Like if I'm interceding for situations or for for people um, but for me, for the most part, honestly, it's just as I go about my day, just things will remind me of him or I'll just, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of those that's kind of more in constant communication just as I go throughout my day. I love that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Absolutely not. And somebody
1: described <laughs> he, it always, as... He's
2: always there.
1: You know? He is always there. Someone described it as abiding, like living mm, with, right? Good. Abiding with God. And that right. kind of constant prayer, of course, you know, Paul encourages us to pray without ceasing. And so, that's what does that look like? You know, you, people we read that, and then what does that look like? Does that mean I have to be talking twenty four seven? No, it doesn't, right, right, Steph? Right. So it involves talking, I, but listening.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's really good. And, and I think when we're when we become aware that God wants to constantly just be with us throughout our day, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to speak also. And he just shows us a variety of things when we are alert that can guide us through our days and just help us make decisions when we're walking so that we know we're walking in God's will.
0: Yeah. Amen. Okay. Now the title of this message is the power of prayer and fasting. So let's talk about how we bring heaven to earth when we pray and fast.
2: I think that brings the meaning of intersection close at hand, because when we are intentional about denying ourselves of whatever we're fasting, when, we, when we're intentional about denying ourselves of the flesh, and we actually call down favor and we call down um, blessing on whatever the situation is, you know, or, or even a shift in the direction that something is going. God pays attention, and that's when he hears us, and that's when heaven moves.
1: Yeah, I think it speaks to awareness to me. So personally for me, mm-hmm. when I fast, it brings me more awareness of what God is trying to do and trying to say because we've heard Stephanie that God is always speaking to us. It's just whether or not we're tuning in, right?
2: We're tuning in, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's just like this radio program like it's going out, but it's whether or not you're tuned
0: into the station, <laughs> That's right? Right. And if you're actually listening. Right. So, I guess it's it's almost like when we fast, we're actually bringing this supernatural thing into our existence. It almost feels like that, the way you're talking about it. I
2: absolutely believe that.
1: And yeah, I do as well. And so specifically, I'm thinking about, okay, God, you are at work constantly. You're constantly moving. You're constantly speaking, because that's how God moves. He speaks, and it's whether or not we tune in and we get on board with that and I love it. Uh, Henry Blackaby said, God is always at work. I'm going to paraphrase this in his book, Experiencing God. He's always at work, and it's up to us whether we want to get involved with that work or not.
0: Yeah, that's amen.
1: Everything is a choice. Everything is a, a decision, and the decision that we make to fast and pray says that God I know you're at work, and I don't want to miss a part of that. And I think for me, Mm -hmm. it helps me tune in. It's kind of like the fine-tuning knob. There's a master-tuning knob, and then there's a fine-tuning knob. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, prayer and fasting is the fine-tuning knob.
2: I think that's really good. There's an aspect of this, too, that a lot of people don't take into consideration, that when you are in that intimate time with, with God, you know, and you're purposely fasting because he commands it, the enemy's take a notice too. And he's realizing there's a protection being set up around you that he can't get to you. And he can't, he doesn't know exactly what's going on here, but he is, all he knows is you are lining your life up with the will of God. And so it, he has even less authority in your life.
1: Is there anything else that comes to your heart? Like if you, you're sitting in and the, there's a classroom of people and like they want to mm-hmm. come, they took a workshop and you were scheduled to teach this workshop on prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else mm-hmm. that you would like want them to know?
2: Yeah, I guess I would, I would like to share that don't, don't start out with these huge, big expectations. You know, don't start out with a 40-day water fast. It, it can't be done. <laughs> start, start out small. Start out with one week of, you may just do like whole foods, no meat, like a Daniel type fast. Or you can do two or three days of a water fast, you know, just kind of just start it out and just pray about what the Lord wants you to fast from. You know, if you if you spend some time in prayer at all, you know, he speaks to you. Just so ask him, what is distracting me from being closer to you in this season that I'm in?
1: Yeah, that's really good, Stefan. So have you ever been in the midst of a three day fast and the Lord challenged you to extend it to seven or more?
2: Actually, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. For me though, he's he's been very honoring as far as we kind of work it out ahead of time and then I, I actually sometimes like if I'm doing like a forty day fast, I've never did a forty day water fast, I'll just be honest. But if, if I'm doing like a 40-day fast, it, there's usually prep time that goes into that. Mm, so I usually smart. know that ahead of time. But in extension, it, it's only happened a couple times. Sure. But usually he just honors what we kind of set up between him and I in, in the beginning.
1: Yep, very good, very practical, and very powerful. That's what we've been saying through this series, is that's what we want to know. Like, how do we tap into, how do we invoke God's power? Because, again, I don't know any Christian that wouldn't want to sign up to experience God's power. And so these are just practical ways that we want to share with the listeners to say, man, if you want to tap into God's power, if you want to see Him move, these are some ways. Again, we don't do them to bribe him into doing something for us. But we do these things to prepare ourselves to actually realize what he's saying, hear what he's saying, and actually receive some insight more so. Because scripture says, Jesus said, hey, my father and I will come in and we'll make our abode with you. And that's what we want to do is we want to abide in his presence, in his power, and live there and be able to walk it out and pure devotion and simple devotion to him. But anyway, time, uh, unfortunately, is getting away from us again. But Stephanie, I'm so thankful that you were able to join us today and share your heart and your experiences with us today. So thank you so much, Stephanie. And this is Mark Bird. You've been listening to Time to Revive.
0: Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com.
2: We're community-supported Shine FM.